Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreamer Talks. My name is Abby Volkovich, and I'm your host. It is my job on this podcast to introduce you to dreamers from many different fields and walks of life. It is important to note that we can learn many things from the people we surround ourselves with. This is why I have ventured out to interview dreamers who are willing to share their journey with us. Today, I'm joined with Shimmy Zigan. Shimmy is a very good friend of mine. We met a couple years ago uh, from a mutual friend. And now we are roommates. And we are actually right now sitting on our porch. So, welcome. Mi casa es su casa. Um, so, Shimmy, can you give us a little bit of a background where you're from, get the listeners to get to know you a little bit, and then we'll get into some deep conversations. Sure. Let's do it. So, a little bit about myself. Um... So I was born and raised in a city called Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's out in the Midwest in the United States. It's located a little bit north of Chicago, about an hour and a half north of Chicago. Um, I grew up in a pretty religious community. I'm one of five, I'm the youngest. Um, yeah, there I, w- I was in elementary school there. I dormed there for high school. And following the the finishing of, of, um, of high school, I did my summer in America and I moved to Israel originally for yeshiva, which is uh, for Judaic studies. Um, after two years, I made Aliyah. That's uh, becoming an Israeli citizen. At, whilst I was doing that, I was also training for the IDF. Um, half year following that, I moved to a kibbutz in the north called Beit Rimon, um, where I li- lived there for three, uh, three months and getting ready more for my army service. From there, I continued on, did a three-month course uh, learning Hebrew and continually improving my Hebrew, which is a huge necessity for serving in a foreign army, uh, which the language they speak there is just Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I did a bunch of different tryouts and I got into a, a good unit, which was my goal, um, a unit called Rimon, which is a special forces unit in the IDF, which is currently closed. They closed about two years ago. Uh, served there. Uh, finished my service, um, started at a university out in Herzliya, which is where we're located, um, and study currently business entrepreneurship with a focus in finance and just finished my second year. So that's 25 years in a cap summary. Yeah, Sweet. And uh, there's definitely a lot of little anecdotes that have not been told yet that uh, well, we might get into some of them. Uh, all right. So... One of the topics that I think we can touch upon with both of our experiences that we've gone through is change. And, you know, we both went through, uh, I guess you could say the same experience, which is moving to a new country and also serving in the army, but it was completely different for both of us. Uh, so can you kind of give some thoughts on the change from moving countries and then also, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take it from there. Okay. Um, so I'll speak first about my personal experience, and then accordingly I'll continue on to how I feel about the topic of change. So initially I, I came to Israel. I didn't have these big, um, these big ideas and big commitments uh, as to living in Israel, as to making this big identity shift and cultural shift, I, I didn't grow up with a Zionistic background. It wasn't it wasn't um, a huge push as to why I came. I originally, I was coming as more of a from a sense of adventure and exploration. I wanted to experience another culture, another language, another people. Um, 
And while living here, I discovered my inner Zionism, my inner um, want to continue living here. It, it took a long time for me. I'm, I'm a pretty cautious pers person by nature. It took a long time for me to really get to that tipping point where I made the decision to want to live here. Um, from my own logic, part of that was serving in the IDF. It took me about a year and a half till I actually made that decision. Um, it, it it was a process, like like everything. Um, so yeah. Sweet. And what can you touch upon once change occurs? Because change comes at a cost. So how do you go about? Even right now, if you were to approach a situation where you have to make a decision, how do you, is there any strategies that you can maybe touch upon to weigh your uh, thoughts of taking decisions? Okay. So this, this touches on a much bigger subject, but just for a second. I think a big motivator in life, a big, a big, um, direction a, a good way to kind of give you an idea of where you should go in life in, in, in a more general broad sense is thinking about the perspective of if you're thinking about your 80 year old self now 90 year old self, 90 year old self now and your older version are you going to be happy and proud with these decisions do these decisions and we're talking big life decisions big overall general decisions do they align with your values and the type of person you want to be so how I applied that um, with my decision, I, I really thought about it like that. I was really thinking to myself, okay, okay, when I'm in my 80s, am I going to regret not joining? Am I going to regret not going through this experience or decision? And I, and I was weighing out the pros and cons. And of course, there are definitely cons. And for myself, I came to the conclusion that the the possibility of that feeling of regret and, and not going through that experience. I was 21 at the time, 20 when I was going through the decision process. Um, and I was thinking, okay, if I'm 22, 23, 24, how, much, how long am I going to put off this decision to a point where I won't be able to do it anymore? It's, it's a type of thing that there's no good time. There's just doing it. And so that was definitely a big mo motivator. And, and it, it is a it continues to be a big motivator in my life. The feeling of mortality, the feeling of life is short and I see life, you know, God willing, I'll live a long life. But let's say an 80 year time span. There's only so many years I have to spend on achieving and doing the things I think are important to do in this limited short life we have. I have. So, yeah. Okay. And going with that mindset of, you know, thinking of life as a timeline, and thinking back when you're 80, do you give yourself kind of bookmarks within that timeline that you want to accomplish certain things? And um, how do you hold yourself, I guess, accountable and also uh, push yourself towards those decisions? Whether it be, you know, by age 30, I want to be with XYZ. I don't want to fill in the blanks for you because everyone is different, you know. But do you have any certain things that you've already I guess the army would be one of them. You know, you just shared that you had to have done it by that certain point. And how do you go about either setting those time 
marks, you know, your age, the marks on that mm -hmm. timeline, um, and then disciplining yourself to actually get to those points. If, okay. Out of my question, I like structured. I like your question. I like where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even think the follow up I'm going to answer because I'm going to explain why. I, I like your question, but I don't think that way. Mm -hmm. So throughout my life, I think until I moved to Israel, I think I had somewhat of a um, set out path as 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 to as far as what I thought I would do with my life and a sort of picture that I thought a direction in my life would go. I say since I'm 18, I've realized that if, and I am a person, if you are a person that is open to change, open to thinking, and constantly reevaluating who you are and what type of life you want to lead, then it, it's hard to make those type of calculations. I think how I lead my life, I kind of make decisions and life kind of continues with it and, and goes accordingly. Like I, I never in my life would have thought that I'd be 25 and being at the stage that I am where I am and accomplishing or not accomplishing everything that's happened until now. It's it's kind of, I made certain decisions and then I lived life accordingly. And throughout life, and th this is an important aspect of having ambition and self-discipline and self-responsibility and having expectations for yourself. Those, those are the things that I think are important throughout that give you a rich and happy life. But having certain benchmarks and bench points it's it's hard to do because life is so dynamic um who you're going to be and what you're going to want especially at the age that i'm in and you're in where you're when we're, we're in our 20s and things are constantly changing so much if you're again if you're open to it and if you're that type of person there are people that close themselves off which gives a sense of security and gives a sense of i know stability i know where my life is going to be predictability these things are, are comfortable but there's a trade-off with that. It closes off other possibilities and other experiences which are just not possible if you have limited your your experience options, you know? So what, what would you identify as uh limiting? Like what kind of whether it be, you know, viewing from how society does it, as you're you know, you're you're implying that there's certain people that do close themselves off. What would you say is a mentality of being closed off well again before i even answer i want to put for the record it's not necessarily something bad it, it, it could right. be good to to have a life plan and a direction and a roadmap but what would be an example for that you have people when they're 10 years old they know they want to be doctors let's say and they're going to do whatever they they can to prepare themselves and and to further that goal of theirs throughout their lives. So when they're 14, they're going to have experiences that are being an intern at a hospital, speaking to doctors, things which will interest them and further that goal. By the time they're 18, they'll be spending time, you know, working hard in pre-med. And then by the time they're 22, and, and these they have a life path. Right. But, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that could be something really incredible and, and, and amazing for that person. But that does limit them in their ability to experience other trains of thoughts. Right. They might not even have free time to hang out with friends more than they would have. That's or one example. Pick up an instrument, whatever, sure. all other sure. uh, possibilities that they're 100% focusing on this one thing. Sure. 
Um, okay. Life's a trade-off. Right, right. So it's a matter of uh, decision-making. And um, I, I guess where I want to take the conversation is uh, how do you think that balance is found? Uh, I guess it's a very individual right. thing, so right? It's exactly that. And, mm-hmm. and I want to further expand on that, on, on that exact point. I think every person, I think to, to lead the best, most enriching, happy life, you know, all the synonyms for it, you, you can possibly lead is understanding yourself, understanding who you are, what are your drives, what are your motivations, what are your needs, your emotional, your psychological, your physical, what do you, if you don't know that, you don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. How do you do, how do you find these things out? That's through asking all the questions. That's through gaining other people's perspectives. That's through going through these tough experiences, whatever that may be tough for you. And that's going out of your comfort zone and really exploring that. Once you have a little bit better of a semblance and understanding of who you are as a person, what makes you up, then you can start to tackle, okay, you know, what what type of decisions will I go accordingly? What What is good for me? What makes me happy? Um, but in, until you have that, you're just aimlessly walking throughout life and you don't have any direction. You don't have any guide as to what, what are good decisions for you. Because what are good decisions for me is not what are good decisions for you and anyone else. There's, okay, we're all I, different. So I want to touch upon that point because um, do you think in order for people to come to a proper uh, decision for their life map, let's call it? Um, they need to go through all these specific trials and experiences themselves, or is there also a level of, um, I don't know if the word is empathy or education through the experiences of other people? Do you you know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, I understand what you're trying to ask. I think it's very personal, and I think also there are people who, who have an understanding, a somewhat, somewhat of a general picture of who they are, even at a younger age. I think it's very individual, very personal. I can tell you about myself. I'm a person I need to experience. I need to make the mistakes to fully come to peace with an understanding of anything, you know, a specific topic, an understanding of myself, whatever. I need to experience. I don't think that has to be for everyone. I think, you know, it's it's very individual with with who I am that can come at a cost of going through difficulties and and real yeah pains at at times through learning from my own mistakes but for me that's how i learn and if somebody doesn't need to learn that way and they can learn from other people's advice or yeah i I think that's okay and there's nothing wrong with that i think it's very individual right okay cool um all right, yeah, so we, we're speaking right now very general, you know, this whole uh, life map. I actually really like that way of describing it. Um, if you could maybe, uh, with whatever you feel comfortable sharing, share uh, a failure or um, anecdote. You know, you, you said these experiences that, you know, teach you for the for the future. If you could maybe touch upon one that comes to mind that defined you or changed your way of thinking uh, that can maybe connect with the listeners. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, 
So it's, it's interesting. I think this is a failure of mine and a learning experience of mine, which has stayed that way. And it's a reoccurring experience that I've, that I've experienced a couple times. Um, but the first time I, I seriously experienced it. So, you know, I gave a little bit of a background about myself and I said how I, I trained seriously for the army. I had really lofty goals as far as the different units and um, places, positions I wanted to achieve in my service. I was uh, training in a pre-army preparatory program. Um, it's based out in Tel Aviv called Sevel Ochamim. And um, there I, I worked really hard. I spent a proper half year, nine months, really just training hard and really uh, honing my abilities to go through these um, these sort of tests that the army put you through to to put you in to place you into these more specialized units, and and I was pretty confident in my abilities. I I really felt I, I I was good. You know, I was comparing myself to the other guys there, and and I really thought seriously highly of myself to the point that I was just I was just very very confident. Um, and there's one there's a there's an initial trial called Yom Seirot. This is a day where uh, the IDF, you know, places you actually for another tryout. Um, one of the units is called Shayatet, which is the Navy SEALs. Um, and I did that Yom Seirot and I, I did well. I was placed into that uh, follow-up tryout into uh, what's called Gibu Shayatet, the, the tryout for the, Navy, the Israeli Navy SEALs. And that's a three and a half day tryout. And the second day, wow, uh, it, it was really difficult. I, I wasn't ready for it. And throughout all my training, I was just so confident that I think I lost an aspect of my humility in realizing that it's important to know your, it's important for myself to know my worth. And I'm saying this to, to viewers, but also for myself, it's, it's, it's important to know my worth, but also realize there's always more to grow and there's always more to learn. And, and I think if I had really explored other avenues of how I could train, I, I had, and it ended up being I hadn't trained properly for that tryout. I trained properly for other tryouts. Um, and it, it was an incredibly humbling experience. This is something I've also experienced in university in one of my courses where I also, I really thought I knew something and, and I just didn't study as hard. And, and I, ha I received a really poor grade. So it's, it's a balance between having self-understanding of, of your own self-worth and, and, and knowing how much you can achieve and what your abilities are, but also being humble and there's always more to learn. There's always more to ask. Failure is okay. I think that's the hardest one. Failure is okay. Rejection is okay. And just keep on going and constantly growing and, and getting better from that. I think, yeah. Okay, wow. That uh, brings, I think it can be connected to many things. Um, I want to continue with the topic of the army, uh, seeing as we both went through similar experiences um if you can help me uh, i'll join in here describe to the listeners the mentality uh i think this applies to any military not just the idf um the mentality of hakol barosh everything's in your head okay um i think I'll, I'll begin by just describing how you know we both went through commander's course and for my course, they always described this phrase of everything is in your head and connected it to 
amasa or your your march you know long march um and the topic always came up that way because it's it's this physical challenge that you can compare any challenge and put it as a metaphor for anything physical and i think it can also be said for you know a lot of people say like oh you don't get strong by talking about push-ups you have to actually do push-ups mm-hmm. uh right so I, I think that's why a lot of people like using physical things as a metaphors for for life um so yeah if you can talk a little bit about the whole yeah, everything's sure. in your head sure. all that um so i think this is a really great follow-up to what we were talking about before it, it's important to have goals ambitions um and have a direction without that there's nothing you're just aimlessly you you you're not going to accomplish um, unless out of luck. But um, but there's also a lot to be said about just getting into it and, and, and doing it, putting in the work, putting in that that grind. Uh, so that's the, the concept of a kobolosh is, is really, you really don't know your own abilities until you're in that, you're in that moment and you're just giving it everything you have your soul, your, your your body, your mind, your soul, everything. Oftentimes, we surprise ourselves. We don't really know our capabilities. We really don't know how much we can achieve, how much we can accomplish. And in the army example that Abby and I went through, that, that expressed itself, that manifested itself in going through these incredibly long marches, these 30, 40, 50, 60 kilometer marches with a really huge amount of body weight. Looking back, I'm surprised I could do that. It's just, it's mind boggling. It, it, it seems beyond my physical capabilities, but that lesson taught me that, you know, you, you start it, that first kilometer, it sucks. And then you just keep on going and it still sucks, but you just keep on going and it sucks more. <laughs> and then you're 15 kilometers in and you're, it's really hard. But you keep on going. It still sucks. <laughs> it, you know, it, it does. I'm not saying it's easy, but at the end of it, when you look back, you're just you're like, wow, I did that. And it's it's a great parallel to a lot of serious difficulties in life. It doesn't have to be the army. It doesn't have to be even a physical challenge. You know, this can be anything. This could be any sort of goal and uh, ambition. You know, if that's if that's doing a course if that's a degree if that's seriously anything and just just start that first day it's the first step that's what's important and it doesn't mean it's going to be easy it might suck that's okay i think uh, i mean we saw the movie unbroken yesterday yeah and i know you really like the quote because you pointed it out a moment of pain is worth a lifetime of glory yeah 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 for sure um for sure I think I think it was probably said like the the brother of the guy I forget his name Louis I think it was no or Peter I, I don't I don't know yeah. anyway Unbroken great movie recommend great it movie. And it, it does illustrate yeah. Uh, yeah. a lot of uh, challenges and and how yeah. physical uh, the human nature you know of the human willpower uh, so I think that would be a great movie to follow up to this episode I think of course um okay. Just just to add one more thing, yeah. I think uh, you know it, it, it ties into delayed gratification. It's saying, I'm going to work hard and, and put in the sacrifice now because I believe that the payout will be worth it going mm-hmm. through 
the hard work or pain or whatever. It doesn't have to be pain, but uh, you know, you, you don't you don't get the gratification right away. And for for most things, it's it's a lot better that way, and you're able to accomplish and achieve a lot more that way. That's just the human experience. That's just our reality. Right. So yeah. Yeah, and I okay. So now to this point of the you know risk reward, it's an investment. You know mm-hmm. this this these marches. You know it's a painful situation that you're putting yourself in but the reward is you know you'll be physically fit in order to defend the country you know that's the example that i think yeah mentally too yeah i think think it's more mental toughness and breaking your abilities Yeah, right so i think with that um i think it's important to also highlight for the listeners that we didn't just you know from one day to the next do the 50 kilometer you know the long marches we started from three kilometers and then we did five and then eight and then etc you know we went we worked our way up so in this specific system that was the army and we were put as the trainees we were given this recipe book or this guideline of how to properly tackle this challenge and you know along the way it's all challenging how would you describe once you're framing your own challenges in life um i guess the importance of giving yourself those milestones as well. Because a lot of times you just think about, you know, when you enter basic training, you're thinking, oh my God, how am I going to do, you know, 60 kilometers? And you always forget the all the marches in between that work your way up to get there. Um, so yeah, the question is, how do you think it's beneficial to for people to frame their goals uh, in order to achieve success to frame their past achievements i I think i mean i think i'm fronting the the answer here like i'm i think it's more in order to achieve the 60 kilometers that we did we had to have had like we wouldn't have been able to do it so i think i mean how i see it you're touching on two different things Mm -hmm. the the first thing is you don't become steve jobs in a day i I like Mm -hmm. saying that i study business so this is uh this is something for me but um you know, it. You have to have that consistency. You have to put in the grind. You have to put in this. You have to have that self discipline, and you build yourself as a person. It doesn't just happen in a day. That's just again. It's just reality. That's just life. Um, another thing is when you're going through that journey, is to be able to look back, have gratitude, pat yourself on the back, realize the person you've become, be happy with that. Doesn't mean stop. That doesn't. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that means take a break. I, I don't know. That's, you know, um, but remember to do that. That's important because at the end of the day, this process, I think it's for the goal of happiness. It's for the goal of le- leading and enriching and happy, happy life. You, you have to remember that. If you don't remember that, then you just turn into a workaholic. You, you turn into somebody who's just constantly looking for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. It's it's a balance of that. So it is important to look back and look at the past milestones um, and, and frame that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we definitely, I mean, now that you're mentioning that, I remember the end of every march, it was, first of all, we're all drenched in our own sweat, but it was also, you know, drinking the water and then kind of giving yourself like the entire squadron a, a round of applause or definitely. like a, a cola you know, you or the person that struggled the most that was almost crying at the very end. Definitely. You need to be able to celebrate. Right. You know, it it, it can be, you, know, you can look at it as an arbitrary, but it's important. It's, it's, 
yeah w- without that then it's it's meaningless almost right you have to be able to frame it in the larger picture of things because the ultimate final march has an actual subliminal meaning it's not to finish the actual march it's to put yourself in that mental state of willpower and whatnot so you have to actually have that you know those mini uh achievements of willpower even throughout the process yeah, you have to imbue it with meaning mm-hmm. right so I, yeah i mean we're we're really delving into the cliche of it's not about the destination it's about the journey <laughs> but um i i mean i really think that the the basic training really really does develop that uh i mean and we went through that um all right another topic also connected to the army that uh, i'm not sure how much you experienced this but uh when i was in the i i had the opportunity to be the logistics coordinator for special forces uh, trainees and one thing that would happen every single evening like late after all the trainees went to bed is all the commanders would get together and talk about um, how the day went and then what we could have improved upon just for you know lessons for the next day or for the next uh, whatever challenge we would have in the week or whatever it may be and then we would also properly plan out the day and this takes me back to the whole like life plan um because i think this could be the same way we dealt with scheduling and planning for a day-to-day basis um i think it, it could also be applied for a wider long period of time kind of uh goals and uh, benchmarks and that is we would really say like okay by this time we need to have all the soldiers already they already ate lunch and they all have this and this gear together and they're ready to go i don't know shooting or whatever it is and that was what we planned for the following day following day came and then all the the uh well how would you say it in english the or like when you all the obstacles that end up happening during the day that are you know you can't plan life you mentioned it earlier it's very organic suddenly xyz happened and you weren't able to get all the soldiers in to eat by a specific time how would you say the the plan and then the how important it is to improvise uh what would you say is a good tool to have that switch mm-hmm. So yeah, we're we're talking about two opposing sort of ideas, um, you know, and how life can't really be planned and how things are constantly changing versus this idea of it. It is important to have some sort of structure, and and I really think it's a balance um, when it comes to planning. And I think this is very personal. I think there are people who really they really do gain a lot and benefit a lot from having a sort of structure in the overall things in life and having some sort of milestones and dates they see okay in four years i'm going to be here at five eight years i'm going to be here what i'm going to speak about is is more in, in the short run when you live life with a sense of urgency you accomplish a lot more than you you, you would be able to accomplish without you know, one of my um 
<laughs> Abby's gonna laugh at this, but one of my biggest role models is Elon Musk. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I, I take away from him is his ability to just move so quickly, move so he 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 lives and he leads his companies with with if you're not familiar who Elon Musk is, you should definitely search up Elon Musk. Um <laughs> He, he leads his companies with a sense of, of urgency. He puts out these outrageous deadlines. And sometimes he, he makes them. Sometimes he, he makes a deadline and he actually beats it. He just doesn't tell people. But what that does is it causes the people who work under him to, to feel this, this yeah, the sense of urgency and, and they need to accomplish. Life is short. Life is, you know, you, you'd be surprised how much you can accomplish in an in X period of time. But you don't know how much you can until you feel that you need to do it as soon as possible. Um, we, we definitely experienced that in the army. And, and back to your talking about. So, you know, in, in the army, they do that. So they say, okay, by, you know, 10 o'clock, we're going to have, we're going to be all sit sitting and eat. And by 1030, we're going to be already wrapped up and by the shooting ranges and by 11 o'clock. And when you have this sort of structure... It forces you to accomplish certain things at a specific time. In the army in Hebrew, they say Zman Zekodesh. It, it means time is holy. It, it's important to live life with a sense of urgency because it really is limited. Nobody nobody has gone through life and survived, right? And, <laughs> you know, everyone has, a, has an expiration date. To everything, there's an expiration date. And I think that because of that, that gives our, our lives that much more meaning, Um and, and the will to accomplish and to achieve and to, to better ourselves. So, yeah. And then there's there's the flip argument of you got to sit down and smell the roses. You know, you got to mm-hmm. really take in what you have been able to. I mean, it's it's a balance. We, we, it's the full topic that we've been discussing in a very uh, broad, you know, different anecdotes there, here and there. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well. Shimmy, is there anything that you would like to add, seeing as this is a platform for dreamers and uh, in general, just uh, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think I think one of the biggest things that I've learned um, in life, there are no rules. What does that mean? There are no rules, right? I think as people, as, as a society, as individuals, we all, we all kind of have this idea that we have this sort of role and place and where things are going to be. And we, we, we put these limitations on ourselves of what we're really able to do, what we're able to accomplish or experience. You know, this, there are so many different reasons of why somebody might do this. But in life, there really are no rules. You know, you, you, the more you experience, the more you you put yourself out of your comfort zone and really just try to do things differently and try to to you realize like there's no there's nothing stopping you other than yourself. Okay, there's the obvious, you know, you can't lift a car, you know, you can't fly, uh, but within within a a reasonable uh, sort of spectrum, they're really there aren't rules um well even even with that i think technology and scientific advancements are always pushing sure 
that boundary. Sure, sure. Right? Uh, It's like you can't fly, you know, the Wright brothers pushed that one. Iron Man pushed that (laughs) one. I mean, look at Tony Stark. See, this is a guy who really believed there are no rules. And he he flew. (laughs) So, you know. (laughs) You're, You're just... Thinking about Elon Musk. There you go. When you say Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's true. It's true. Um, We have a theory that Iron Man was partly based on Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you you see him in the second movie, it's in a a cameo. Yeah, Yeah. he he has his cameo. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Cool. I think uh, that really sets, I think, your own limitations are what actually is stopping you in a way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really kind of what you decide, and what I think in life we have the ability to influence our life. We we have a lot more power than we let on, and that we give ourselves to. So, just don't stop dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I usually do that as an outro. <laughs> no, but seriously, really, don't you know? Don't uh, don't in life like it's uh, it gets you down. Life's hard. It's not. It's not an easy thing, and you can you can forget that inner child, that inner, I'll say, dreamer, um, where you really think you can do everything. Every five year old thinks he can do everything, and it's true. Like, what's what's changed? It's 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 the difficulties that you've experienced with your life, and you're like, no, I can't do that because I've really had this experience, and it it, it put you down. It lowered your self confidence and your feeling of your abilities and the quote unquote realities of life that stop you from believing in things that you think you can't do but somebody anything anybody that anybody else has done you can do too like why not so right Right. it's almost isn't like you i mean you mentioned the childhood thing and i mean i've mentioned this to to you before the personal growth seminar that i i did it's that inner child and let's say you know the five-year-old that wants to become an astronaut and now he's 20 and he's not an astronaut he might think to himself again like oh i want to become an astronaut but He's like, oh, no, I'm 20 now. Like, I can't do it. It's almost about thinking, 20, you're still so young. Like, well, sure, it, you're, you're in the in the race. You're maybe starting late. But you can always, you know, make up for lost time or whatever it may be. The, the, the roadmap towards it is there, right? Like, we think about, you know, astronauts now and... Yes, what Elon Musk is doing right now. A lot of us, you know, maybe in our lifetime will have the opportunity to, you know, be in Mars or whatever it may be. I don't even know where we can get to in the next 40, 50 years. Who knows? It's it's really, we're pushing the limits constantly. Um, and we're not training currently to be astronauts. But if we listen to this episode, you know, in 50 years from a spaceship somewhere, we'll be laughing at ourselves. Right? Um and I think the same can be said for past things in history, right? Um, who would have thought that you can travel to Asia in, you know, hours, but then planes happened or ships, like every, all these things that happen throughout history push our, our thoughts that we can actually take these, you know, dreams or aspirations and eventually... They might actually be po- possible, but there just needs to be some sort of mind map towards it. So you were talking about the 20-year-old that wants to be an astronaut. I just wanted to reflect back for a second and 
back to that topic we were talking about mortality and I was using that to give us a sense of urgency um, which I think is very important but I think another sort of usage of that of that tool that that sort of frame of thinking you know hopefully we all live very long happy healthy lives if, if you look at it from an a bigger picture I'm 25 you know, hopefully I'm going to live at least 80 years. You know, that's the average life expectancy plus minus. So I have so many more years. And, and if anything, the first 10, 15, 18 years of my life, I didn't have the ability to focus and, and progress from my own choices and, and really have a conscious um, decision-making process for that. That was, you know, I, everyone goes up in there with, you know, certain environments that are sort of given for them. So, yeah, there's so many more years ahead without thinking about the years that have passed. There, hopefully there's another, you know, just quick math. That's another uh, 55 years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, if you think about it like that, there's there's so many more years to go. Not so, you know, so many years have passed and I'm already this old. We're still, mm -hmm. if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, you still have so many more years to go hopefully before you're uh you're out so <laughs> put me in coach <laughs> uh yeah i i i completely agree with you i think if you look at uh at the potential as opposed to the missed opportunities then you can really push yourself to to then take off every every thing on your bucket list or whatever it may I be mean, just look to the future All right like it's important to learn from the past but Always look to the future because that's what's important. The present and the future. The past, it's important to look at, you know, learn from, to dwell on, but not too much. And and there's right now and the future. Right. Learn from, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Shimmy, it's been a pleasure. Um, where can people reach you if they so please uh, to do on the social medias? Um, so my name, Shimmy Zigan. And search me up on Facebook or the Instoosh, the Instagram. Mm -hmm. right? And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out if you have any deep uh, life questions. I'd be more than happy. Um, seriously, though. Um, and yeah, feel free to reach out. Cool, cool, cool. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dreamer Talks. I'd love to have you back again next week. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review of what you thought of the podcast. I'd really like the input to make this podcast as engaging and entertaining as possible. So once again, a big thank you and I'll see you next week. Thank Thanks you for watching, watching and keep, keep on, on dreaming. dreaming. All right. All right. All right cheers, all right. cheers, cheers.